Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by Ulysses. Get three free months of Ulysses by going to www.ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad Pros. Previous to getting the iPad, I was just using a notebook and a, and a pencil. And that was it for every lecture. And I'd have to write every single thing down. But now what I do is I download the lecture from uh, the school website, put it onto Notability because you can import PDFs or whatever. And basically I mark up each slide with the notes that I need alongside the audio recording. So basically I have the lecture happening in real time whenever I go back to play it. Um, So I have the images, the points that are on the slides, what the professor's actually saying in terms of audio, and what I've written myself or highlighted myself. These are things I could never have done before with just a pencil and paper. No way. And it really makes my job easier for studying and just for referencing notes and for assignments. It's incredible how much more organized I am with information from school. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. I'm really excited to dive deep into all the new iPad OS apps that should be launching in the next few weeks as we near the September 10th event. But right now, the school year is here, and I'm excited to share this episode with Isaac, who's a college student, and we discuss how he uses the iPad in his schoolwork. Isaac, besides being a student, also runs Canopsy Media, which produces some great technology-focused videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash Canopsy, C-A-N-O-O-P-S-Y. If you have someone in your life that's considering the iPad as their college computer, this will be a really great episode to share with them. And as you heard at the top of this episode, this episode is sponsored by Ulysses, which I've been a customer of since June 2017. I'll have more to share about Ulysses a little later on in this episode. For those who want to get a jump start on trying Ulysses out for free for three months, head on over to www.ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad pros. My thanks to Ulysses for sponsoring iPad Pros. Now, on to my interview with Isaac. Can you first introduce yourself and the type of work you do on the iPad? Uh, so my name is Isaac. I'm a technology YouTuber by the name of Canoopsy. I'm also a student. Uh, I take advertising and design at a design and art school. And I use the iPad for basically everything at this point. I was someone who bought a MacBook Pro. And I bought the original big, huge 12.9-inch iPad when it first came out. And I never really found myself actually using that device extensively. But over time, as Apple sort of added in features and multitasking enhancements and just a bunch of different things, the iPad really became the device that I use for everything. I use it for school, for writing out notes, uh, working on presentations. You know, I use it at home watching videos. and I'm just chilling. I play games on it. I use it for planning and sketching and note-taking. And now I've been really using it as a device that is used for like Photoshop replacements. Like with Affinity Photo, I've been using that nonstop to see how I can get used to that. I want to try video editing in the future, but mainly my use cases go down to how I use it for school, for university and, uh, and everything associated with that. Cool. And school year is right on the corner for a lot of people coming up. Yep. It's been a while for me since it's been in school. Uh, What's the day in the life of a student these days, technology-wise? It's very interesting how some areas of school have evolved far beyond anything they were before, but other areas are a little bit behind as well. Basically, from at this point in time, the last couple years of school, it has been still whiteboards, 
to write certain things. There are projectors in school. And in terms of student work, depending on what school you go to, the school I go to, it's everybody is using a MacBook pretty much. Every person has a Mac at, at some point. We do work on the Macs using Microsoft Office or Apple's iWork suite, uh, Adobe Photoshop, Illustrator, all those different programs. And we submit it basically through Dropboxes that the school has set up. That's kind of what it's been like for the last few years in terms of the school environment and tech in general. But it really all depends kind of what the school requires or what professors want us to actually use. So with like with design, is it the is part of the learning, I guess, trying to learn Adobe Illustrator, or is it more about the end results and if you know, Affinity Designer did the same things. It's just submitting that end file or what's... Yeah, so what's interesting about the school I go to, you're kind of expected to sort of have a grasp about these programs. Like you're kind of expected to sort of know what they each of them do. And if you don't know, lynda.com or Skillshare is a place to, that you would probably learn. In the end, you can use whatever program you want to make these files, whether it be Affinity, whether it be Adobe, whatever, whether it be like Pixelmator or whatever the other ones are. It doesn't really matter as long as the final result is the best work you can possibly make for a certain project. So if it's making an ad for, I don't know, Apple for the iPad or something, as long as that final result lives up to the expectations, hits the rubric, and it's a good piece of work, that's all that matters in the end. Awesome. And what first inspired you to get, you mentioned you had the larger uh, original iPad Pro? Yes, I got the uh, the 12.9 inch when it first came out because I was following along with the rumors. Basically, every single day there'd be something new and I'm like, this is going to be incredible. There's a pencil support. It's going to be great for drawing. It's going to be great for note taking. Huge screens going to be awesome for content. And then when I got it, I kind of used it for a solid month. And then after that, it just sort of sat uncharged on a shelf for the longest time. And it's mainly because, looking back, I never originally bought the keyboard. That's something I bought almost a year later because I didn't think I really needed it. Having no keyboard support at the time and also the overall size and weight of that iPad, it made it kind of you don't want to use it that much. It's a de- it's a desktop iPad. It's the one I use oh, yeah, on no. my desktop right now. Yeah, <laughs> it was never that something that was portable enough. And when I did get the case about a year later, it really helped me use it more often. But the case was just so weird and all these different folds, and it was heavy, and it became more of a pain than anything. And I guess the original Apple Pencil, you couldn't do the inductive charging, so you had to plug it into the side, and you had to carry it separately. So it was just all these different factors that came together and just made me not really like that iPad too much. So I eventually sold it uh, when I heard rumors about this new legendary brand new redesign for the iPad. And then when it, when it was actually revealed in the fall, it was just such an incredible moment to see this completely refreshed, bezel-less, fast iPad with all these different upgrades. And for me, I didn't have the, the 120 hertz display on my iPad originally because it just wasn't a thing that was available at the time. But now, like stuff like the 120 hertz, the performance, the uh, USB-C, that brand new wonderful keyboard, uh, the Apple Pencil with the charging, all those different features when I heard about them in the keynote, I was like, this is an incredible, incredible device. And I just had to get it. Yeah, that second generation iPad Pro where they added that that, uh, 120 hertz screen, that was really a game changer as far as how I approach the pencil and just appreciate the hardware itself. But yeah, going from the first generation to third, where you get both the technology improvements to the second generation with the new hardware case, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a really good improvement there. 
And are you using the 11 inch or the 12.9? So I went back and forth a bit because I originally, I had the 12.9, but then I found I probably wouldn't use it as much if I got that model. So I ended up getting with the 11 inch and I thought this is a bit too small at first, but then after actually using it and carrying it with me every single day, it's one of the best decisions I've made uh, when buying an Apple product because I can just take it out when I'm on the train, even when I'm in an Uber, getting to school or on the TTC, our transit system, just taking it out in class, using it as a notepad. The portability is what really, really sold me on it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I use it so often is because it's so lightweight and so thin and it's a small device. It goes everywhere with me pretty much. So the iPad, is that what you bring to school these days? Not a MacBook anymore? Like what's, what kind of apps do you use on a regular basis as you take notes and get your work done throughout the day? Basically at first, for the first little part of the school year, all I used was my MacBook because that's really all I had at the time. And when the iPad came out, it kind of changed the way that I saw my computer. At this point, to be honest, all I use my MacBook for is Photoshop, which may be changing very soon to Affinity, and Final Cut Pro 10. That's for YouTube videos. And that's all I use my MacBook for. Every time I need to use my MacBook, I almost hesitate because it's something I don't really enjoy using that much versus just the fun, enjoyable aspect of this tiny device, the iPad, that's just so much faster and so much more portable. On the iPad itself, some of the apps that I use, the most used app I use for school has to be Notability. I find it's, out of all the Notes apps that I've tested, this is the best one. It's the most feature rich because it has everything. Basically it has lined paper, different paper options you can choose from. Uh, with the Apple Pencil, there's great support. Is that app one of those that allow you to record audio and match it up to your notes? Yes, it is. And is that something that you find handy? Oh yeah, no. When it comes around to exam or test time, I just go for the lecture. I don't have to even pay that much attention. Just write a few notes here and there. If you go back to actually play the recording, it syncs up the audio to when you're writing the notes. So it shows the exact time that you wrote something and the professor said something. It is amazing. Does that change your approach to actually taking notes instead of taking the information down, you're more marking down, go back and listen to this part of the lecture because this is really vital? Or does that does it change your approach at all with how you take notes? It definitely changed my approach to taking notes for sure. Because previous to getting the iPad, I was just using a notebook and a, and a pencil. And that was it for every lecture. And I'd have to write every single thing down. But now what I do is I download the lecture from uh, the school website, put it onto Notability, because you can import PDFs or whatever. And basically I mark up each slide with the notes that I need alongside the audio recording. So basically I have the lecture happening in real time whenever I go back to play it. Um, so I have the images, the points that are on the slides, what the professor's actually saying in terms of audio, and what I've written myself or highlighted myself. And these are things I could never have done before with just a pencil and paper, no way. And it really makes my job easier for studying and just for referencing notes and for assignments. It's incredible how much more organized I am with information from school. Yeah, that's killer. Back when I was in school, we did have Evernote, it was like brand new, but you'd just get the audio, not matched in any way with what you're typing or let alone drawing on the screen. And are you handwriting? Is there typing involved in the notes you're adding as well? Or So my handwriting is absolutely terrible. It's really, really bad. But I really should be using that to actually type. But I don't for some reason because I find handwriting, it's something you... There, there are some studies or something, but when you actually write things down, 
you remember them more for some reason. So if I'm studying or if I'm just writing down notes, I just handwrite everything. And even though my writing is terrible, the iPad can still recognize, based on handwriting recognition, exactly what I've written. And I can still look up certain words in my notes. So handwriting is what I mainly use. If it's for, you know, assignments, of course, I'm going to be typing it. But I do do a lot of brainstorming and thought process work, just writing and sketching. And that's what makes, you know, the Apple Pencil and the iPad so excellent to use on a daily basis. In each class, you divide it up into a different notebook with the notability or how do you organize all of this? Yeah, I I kind of just have different notes for each lecture and I label them and all that stuff. I'm not very organized, but when I do organize things, it's just based on names and labels and and stuff like that. Yeah. And the OCR is good enough to find when you need oh yeah no it's solid it's it's not failed me once even though my writing is terrible it usually can pick up what i'm trying to say and as far as writing papers that's still a thing i assume (laughs) is uh microsoft word or pages what's your kind of go to tool for that yeah so yeah notability is kind of my note-taking app i still use plenty of other apps besides uh besides notability that's just kind of the main one pages is what i mainly use and i find pages has been consistently amazing for the last However many years since high school, I've been using it. It's almost five, six years ago now. And what I like about it is it's free, number one. The updates are excellent. I've had no problems with exporting to Word or PDFs. And it works well on all devices. So I can type up a note on my iPad. It transfers to my phone through iCloud instantly. Then when I get home, I can use my Mac if I want to have a bigger screen. You know, that's for essays or papers or presentations that need a written component. But it's also the same for Keynote, which I also use as my main presentation platform. And I don't know if people are going to disagree with me, but I think Keynote is the best presentation application ever made. The transitions are incredible. They're smooth. The control you have for motion stuff, the templates, it's its an incredible presentation app. And I use basically use the whole I work sweet for all of my schoolwork, pretty much. Gotcha. Just a few other a few other applications, if if I can quickly run through them. Yeah, absolutely. So besides the I work and uh, notability for notes, I also just use uh, Lightroom for editing photos. Procreate is what I use for drawing or sketching roughs or even finalized things. Affinity Photo is what I use for like Photoshop work. So I just recently did a test where I could see if I could actually redo my video thumbnail completely in Affinity Photo rather than Photoshop. And it's such an advanced app that I was able to completely remake what I needed with minor you know, research. And Photoshop Fix I use sometimes for just fixing a few things. And that's pretty much my main set of applications I use daily for school or for otherwise. This episode of iHead Pros is sponsored by Ulysses. In this quick break, I want to share a little bit about Ulysses and how you can try it out for free for three months, which is an exclusive offer for listeners of iPad Pros. In case you don't know about Ulysses, Ulysses is my writing app of choice, and I've been a paying customer since June 2017 and love how aggressive and meaningful the updates have been since becoming a customer. It's available, of course, for iPad, but it's also on iPhone and Macintosh. You can listen to episode 7 of this podcast to hear from Max, the lead developer and co-founder of Ulysses, discuss the app in depth. In episode 40, I had author Matt Gemmel on the podcast, and you can listen in to that episode to hear how he uses Ulysses as an author. It's an awesome tool for authors, but also for journalists, copywriters, students, and it's the tool I use as a podcaster to write scripts, craft my interview questions, and it's where I store all of the text I deal with on a daily basis. 
Ulysses is an Apple Design Award winner, and they really are on the forefront of good design and beat Apple in supporting split screen by implementing it in the way Apple ended up doing it before Apple even showed it off at WWDC this year with the custom version within their own app. With Ulysses, you can access and edit all your text anytime, anywhere, with all your devices kept up to sync via iCloud. Ulysses offers a distraction-free writing environment and lets you focus on your text. The app does a great job helping you organize your text with the right tools to manage your writing projects of any kind and size. These tools include nested groups, writing goals, keywords, and filters. You can export to multiple formats, including plain text, HTML, EPUB, PDF, and DOCX. Besides the built-in export styles, which are excellent, you can import custom export styling from the Ulysses community or create your own. You can also easily publish to WordPress blogs, ghost blogs, and to Medium. To learn more and to get your exclusive free three months of Ulysses, go to www.ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad pros. Once again, that's ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad pros. As many students are listening, I wanted to highlight that Ulysses does have educational pricing that is $10.99 for six months, with standard pricing available at either $4.99 a month or $39.99 a year. Thanks again to Ulysses for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. Show your support of iPad Pros by trying out Ulysses today at ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad Pros. So iPad OS is coming out. Big update. You've been using the beta. What's your, kind of your experience with iPad OS at this point? Um, so I recently installed the beta to... S- I don't really install betas very often on my devices because I use them so intensively. And if there's something wrong, it really trips me out because for school, I need to have certain things always working or for videos, I can't have any, un- like any reliability issues. Yep. So I don't usually, yeah, I don't usually install them. And you don't have extra devices laying around to like play around with. <laughs> no, no. And, and, uh, and on, on that video side, I really got to be showing the latest thing or people are going to call me out on, on certain if I use like an old iPad that I have, right? Yeah, they're gonna be like, "No, you can't use that. You gotta use the latest one. Where's the latest iPad?" So, I gotta install on my main device. Actually, have a chance to really use it daily. I've had it for about, I want to say about two and a half weeks now. The beta, mm-hmm. and I haven't actually got beta two yet. I I keep putting it off to update the public beta. Yeah, the public beta. Oh no, cash! Okay. I think I keep holding off then. Um, but yeah, I've, I've used it for about two and a half weeks and there are definitely some problems like things just freeze up or things don't make any sense or there are some things that are a bit rough for iPadOS. Like some of the multitasking stuff is a bit weird the way I have to control things and mouse support in beta one. It's okay. Besides, you know, some of those little small quirks, the, the beta has been solid and I've been using it as my main device the last two and a half weeks and it's been pretty good it's been it's been an experience so regarding the mouse input how do you see this new interface allowing you to use the ipad in different i guess contexts and different environments that you didn't have before basically mouse support still feels wrong on the ipad it still feels <laughs> like i shouldn't be doing it and i've showed people and i'm just like what this is this is insane because a mouse on the ipad is basically a digital finger and you need to really contextualize what that means it means instead of right click there is no right click you're long tapping yes. as the contextual key so it's like 
you have to reprogram your mind as to what a mouse actually is. It's, you know, it's a virtual finger instead now. Yeah. And it's been a transition. Like it, I thought it was gonna be a lot more difficult to get used to it. I sometimes right click by accident. If I'm trying to find a, a, a menu, it isn't terrible. It's honestly completely usable. And I've used it for, I don't use it for things like, like if I'm writing essays, it's good to select certain words or certain areas, but I don't really use it for that stuff. I don't use it for navigating things. I don't use it for social media or when I'm watching videos or stuff like that. I mainly find the biggest use case for it for things like menus or things like curves or clone stamps. Like a lot of the design apps like mm -hmm. Affinity Photo and Lightroom and LumaFusion, stuff like that, it is so handy because those are complicated apps. Those are not basic apps. They have so many different tools and selections and menus that having a mouse that is more precise, even though it's this huge indicator currently, it is something that makes those apps much more appealing to use because, you know, I, I used to have Graphic, which I don't know if you know. Oh yeah, I've used it, I own it. It's by Autodesk, I think. Yeah. And it's a good app, it's really cool, but I never really found myself using it because with your finger, it's just not precise enough. And it's just, it's weird. But now you can use the pen tool and actually sketch vectors or make masks and stuff very easily because you have a pointer. And it makes those complicated tasks much more digestible on the iPad. And while it's not perfect mouse support, like you mentioned, it, it's a bit unnatural and you have to long press for things. It's pretty good though. It's a lot better than I expected. Yeah, I hope in a future update they add long tapping as one of the programmable keys you can add to your mouse because that would be a way around just doing right click as your long tap kind of thing. That'd be great actually yeah because I know you can remap the right click and if you have something like the MX Master you're just like you just go crazy on that thing you got like six different buttons. So what kind of mouse are you using now with it and have you done much programming of those keys? I've been using the Logitech M535 because it's just so small and portable battery lasts forever I just throw it in a bag and bring it with me all the time. The MX Master I've tested briefly. That one is insane with the iPad because there's just so many different controls. Like I can bring up certain apps or I can toggle closing things very easily. So I don't have to even touch the screen really at all for most things. But mostly I think having a slim and portable mouse is the move for, uh, for iPad OS. Because it is all about portability in the end. If you have to bring around this huge mouse or something like that, it just kind of ruins that that portable aspect, right? Yeah, totally. And one really handy shortcut I found is you're actually able to control multitasking stuff through the assist touch menu. And if you clean up that menu to only show multitasking as an option, it's really quick and fast to tell the OS to throw this app and slide over or slow this app and split screen or close the split screen entirely. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty handy when you don't want to deal with dragging an app across the screen to do that. Oh, really? Okay. I have to look into that for sure. Because I have it for Siri right now, that button, that assistive touch thing. And it's so annoying because I keep clicking it by accident. Yeah. To, uh, I have to, have to set, set that thing up because it'd be pretty cool to, to really take advantage of that annoying button that's always there. So does mouse support also make you kind of curious about external monitors with the iPad and using that as a setup? Okay. So I mentioned earlier to you that everything on my wish list for iPad OS was, became a reality in some way or another. Some things are a bit half-baked, some things are pretty good, but most things I wanted became a reality. The one thing besides my wants for having Final Cut and Photoshop on the iPad, one of which is coming soon, 
is to have proper monitor support. That is one of the biggest weaknesses and one of the biggest missed opportunities for the iPad lineup easily. Having an external monitor with an iPad would just be incredible because right now one of the issues is I use an ultra wide. It's something that I'm, I'm in the minority with an ultra wide, but even a, a standard 27 inch or a 30 inch or 24 inch monitor, the, the iPad doesn't properly adjust for the aspect ratio. It stretches the whole thing for even those smaller monitor sizes. And for an ultra wide, it only takes up a small portion of the screen and doesn't even doesn't do anything else. You know, I'd be cool with it if there were black borders, but when, it, when you actually open applications, like you open mail or notes or files, it would fill the entire screen with the user interface. Now, asking for that for an ultra wide, that's a bit much to ask for. Yeah. But for regular apps like mail or notes or pages, at least fill the screen with the content or offer us options to have something on the iPad and something on the monitor. Right. It is such a useful feature having monitor support, but having it just mirror the iPad and having it not scale properly. Another issue is there's no other settings within the actual OS for displays. You plug it in and that's all you get. You don't have options for windows or for adjusting colors or brightness. When I plug it into my monitor, the colors just are destroyed. Hmm. I don't know what happens, but yeah. it's super, super saturated. I know Apple wants us to buy a MacBook for more like pro work, I guess, with the monitor, but at least give us the opportunity to have more adjustments in settings for these, you know, these features, because it's good to have that support, but I can't use it for anything besides just seeing things on a bigger screen. And that's literally it. Yeah. All very valid. Currently, it is in the hands of developers. Developers can do the thing where there's a different thing on the external and a different thing on the app, but it's all in the developers' hands, which they don't really care about that that much right now, probably. In school environment, is, are flash drives still a thing? Are you passing files around? Is that going to be a big thing this fall? Oh, man. So for me, I'm very happy to be in a school where having a Mac is the norm. Every person has a MacBook and we don't talk about flash drives or Google Drive or any stuff like that. It's just like, hey, can you, can you airdrop me that file real quick? And that's basically it. So yeah. we airdrop everything. We don't use flash drives. As awesome as it is to have that support now on the iPad with file management, it's just airdrop for everything. And it's so wonderful to have that ecosystem happen. And it, it all depends on your school, obviously. Like if it's your course is like a business course or if it's like a certain program where you can't use really AirDrop with most people, it can definitely suck. You gotta use Google Drive or email a file. But if you're in a school that's mostly Mac-based, having AirDrop is the greatest feature of all time. Yeah. Now, computer environment, mostly Macs, what would it take to start to have people switch over to iPads? Do you see freshmen, would that be starting to be a thing in a couple of years? What kind of feature is it? Are the features there now? It's just a matter of time or what's your take on that? So this is a very, very interesting question because it's something I've been, I made a few videos on over the last few months when the first iPad came out with this one and even the previous one, like the first one I had, I've always been making a few pieces of content for people who are interested in the iPad and these videos do really well because people are so curious if this is kind of the future device that they want instead of having a laptop and it's such a complex question that I don't even have the answer to yet it's such a different experience I can easily recommend an iPad to basically everyone I know for for my course or for courses about writing or science or, or any courses like that because it's just such an, a versatile device now but 
it's not something I can universally recommend to everyone because there are courses that involve coding or certain proprietary design apps that just aren't available on the iPad. And recommending to students they buy a computer and they also buy an iPad can be a bit of a... You know, it's expensive. Yeah, right? an iPad would be cheaper, but if you need an iPad plus a computer, that's certainly not cheaper. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the issues is for a lot of people, they can totally live with an iPad and that's it. And like I said, I use that I use my iPad for basically everything and just my MacBook is for Photoshop and Final Cut and that's it. So even I'm even an extreme case because I use those programs because of a video production pretty much. I don't use those for school really. So it's a really interesting question. I think it's not that there is something missing from the iPad that would convince people to say, I'm buying an iPad for school for the next four years. It's the fact that I don't think people know that they, what they can do in an iPad enough. I know Apple's really, really pushing that aspect of being this lightweight, thin computer you can throw in your bag and take out, write some nice notes, and then take it with you on, the, on transit. But I don't think people understand enough that you could literally use this device for everything. And that's it. And that's why people are really checking out these iPad videos about school right now. These videos, besides my own, many people are making them and these videos are doing very well view-wise because people are so curious as to what the iPad can do. And I don't think Apple is really pushing it enough in their advertising exactly how powerful this machine is. They need a really good advertisement that gets across the point that this is a thin device, it's lightweight, it can do basically everything, and it costs less than a computer equivalent and is 100 times faster than a computer in this price range and this size class. Yeah, and for many students, a 10 half inch iPad Air would be a great little computer, depending on what they need. Oh yeah, no, that thing is almost, I did a video on that too, it's almost identical to the iPad Pro, except for the display yeah. and the design and the lightning port, that's really it. And those are very, very small things. And it's like a $300 price difference in the end. That's an excellent device. And I just think Apple needs to really make a series of ads that pushes those two iPads as the solution for students and tons of other people. Because yeah, I don't think anything's really missing from these iPads that, I, that there's really nothing here besides like my dumb complaints about monitor support and stuff like that. But for most people, yeah, these can do everything. They're not missing anything anymore. Yeah, it's all down the software at this point, right? Like if you're in a certain vertical that I need Sibelius or Finale Music and, you know, they, there's Notion now. But if you need one of those, two, you know, if there's a certain app, as you said, like a, maybe there's a Windows proprietary app that just hasn't been ported over or whatever yet. Exactly, yeah. But for most students, they're not really doing that, right? Um, just depends what major and vertical you're going after yeah 100 percent. it all depends on what course you're in and yeah the creative side of things and uh using creative apps it's the minority of students very few students go into like creative fields or design fields or stuff like that so a lot of those apps aren't necessary basically mo what most students would need is a word processing app a note-taking app a presentation app and that's pretty much it. And the other thing I remember from when I was a student is computer labs are pretty frequent. So if there was one niche app that's only on desktop, you could just go there and use that computer. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because we have, we have computers throughout the school. We have a Mac lab. We have a few PCs. So for those desktop apps, yeah, those things are 100%. That makes total sense. And I think that's something that Apple could really advertise themselves too, if they really push that side of showing how portable the iPad is and how it can do so many things. And even you know, talking directly to schools 
about encouraging iPad use for students as well. Yeah. In some way or another. Because right now, whenever you are signing up for a course, most courses will say you need X computer with X specifications and you need to have these different programs. So yeah, it's something that Apple could really do themselves. It's not, I don't think it's up to students to figure this out for themselves. It's up to Apple to really push this, uh, this future to people and really show what you can actually do. So Yeah, absolutely. So Apple Pencil, you mentioned it before. You're using it a lot more now that it's inductive charging kind of always with you. What kind of situations do you use the Pencil with outside of you know, note-taking? So yeah, note-taking is the main use, of course. And with iPadOS, the latency has made it insanely good like if there's no complaints there at all besides note-taking i use it for simple navigation if i'm just tapping some things need to do more precise work and i don't have a mouse with me and drawing and and stuff like that like i've worked on basically before i actually make a final presentation or or a final project or a final thumbnail or a final video even i like to plan things out and just do really rudimentary rough sketches with like lines and they look absolutely terrible but it helps me really organize my thoughts before actually going out and spending all this time making something that might not look good in the end. I can at least draw it out in advance. And of course I can use paper, obviously, but having it on the iPad is so useful. And I can even take those roughs to as far as I want them before actually working on the final. So I can add color, I can add different textures. I can actually use apps like Procreate for certain things like if I need to add a texture or a certain color palette or make it a certain, it look like it's painted, I can do all that stuff in Procreate, export the file, use it in uh, Photoshop or stuff like that. So I use the pencil for both rough stuff and also for actual finalized elements for certain projects. It's been very, very useful. And I think not buying the pencil would have been an absolute mistake alongside the keyboard. Without the pencil, the keyboard, the iPad doesn't take full advantage of, of itself. Yeah. And anything outside of better monitor support that you hope come to the iPad in the future? Monitor support is the biggest one for sure. I want to see Photoshop on the iPad. I want to see more stuff for, I guess, some of the stuff like extensions in Safari would be pretty cool to have. I know there's a font manager coming. I'm not really sure how that works, to be honest with you. That would be cool to see in a reality. Yeah, we didn't even mention the desktop browser support. Are there weird websites you need to access for school that will help with? Definitely. It's very, very helpful because I need to look certain things up and I get a mobile browser and it's just terrible. Or Amazon comes up as mobile sometimes, but now it's all fixed, which is excellent. The one issue is, and I, it's not the fault of Apple or anyone, some websites still use flash elements or shockwave elements. <laughs> That's the one place that trips me out is because I'm everything's so futuristic, everything works. And I'm like, oh, I need to have flash. Can't yeah. do that, I guess. No. And I have to go back to my MacBook and open that up, and it's like, oh. So th- that's the one thing that is a complaint, is stuff like that, where there's like really old website elements that just don't work. And that's very limiting with desktop browsing, but n- n- not Apple's fault. Yeah. It's the fault of web publishers, basically, at this point. They need to really get on that. Well, anything else we didn't cover that you'd like to before we wrap it up? I think that's pretty much it. Uh, just a final statement about the iPad Pro. If you are a student listening to this podcast, and you're curious about getting an iPad for school, I 100% recommend trying it out in the store and even buying it, bringing it home, giving it a little go. And if you don't like it, just return it. Apple has probably the best return policy I've ever seen. Give it a try and see if it's something that you can get used to because 
going from an old PC or an old MacBook, a lot of people who've commented on my videos have, see, have said, I'm going from this old MacBook to this iPad and it's been an amazing futuristic experience that I would never trade anything for. So give it a try, don't be scared. I know there's some things you have to transition from. You gotta get some adapters happening. You gotta make some changes to your, to your workflow, but it will be an amazing experience for you personally. Very cool. And where can people find the videos you produce for YouTube? So it's youtube.com slash Knoopsy, C-A-N-O-O-P-S-Y, or at Knoopsy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well to see some of my latest content. Great. Thanks, Isaac. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Isaac for his time recording this episode and to Ulysses for sponsoring iPad Pros. Once again, head on over to www.ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad Pros to learn more and to get three free months of Ulysses. You can send your feedback to me at iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. You can get additional content by supporting the Patreon at patreon.com slash iPad Pros. If you haven't already, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Every review goes a long way in helping others discover the show. Thanks again for listening.